ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, bienvenue to Pure Fano. Uh-huh, you like that. Okay. Pure Finesse, Malcolm. It's been, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here in Ontario, right? Oh, yeah. The golf courses are open. More importantly, the tennis courts are open. Right, more importantly. Well, more Brooke, importantly. I want to smack about intramural tennis today. Oh, anyone wants to sign up in Brock and Brock Tennis, I'll slap you around. Um, it won't be fun. There'll be a couple donuts your way, coming your way, uh, 6060. So if you want to get do- have a donut, just like any cop, I'll, I'll be very happy to give it to you. Well, I don't know. I was looking a little scared until you said 6060 because if you know any tennis player. It's 6love, 6love. I'm dumbing it down yes, for the people who don't know tennis. That is the correct terminology. So, you know, your standards I had of you just went from here to here. No I'm trying to get all the viewers to understand, but I'm, if I say 6love, they're like, what? What is he to love? They, does he love tennis? Well, yeah, I love tennis. Come on, love. I guess that's come on now. Come on, love. But we're not here to talk about Malcolm's awesome tennis game as much as he may be. It's all about the NBA today and the first round of the NBA playoffs start this weekend. They should be on your way by the time you hear this video. Yeah. Malcolm, what is your interpretation since it's over now, the play-in tournament? Okay. I was, uh, from the get-go, I'm not a fan of the play-in tournament. I understand, like, at first, what I thought it was, was, like, like I didn't really know the rules at first. I thought it was, like, 7 and 8 battle for 7th seed and 9 and 10 battle for 8th seed. I'm like, well, that's really dumb. Because, like, why would you do that? But then I understood, like, the loser plays the winner of this game, blah, blah, blah. Which, in a sense, made more sense. And But overall, I'm, I disagree with the playing tournament. I think it should have just been 7-8 and eight make it. You would have seen an MVP candidate, uh, Steph Curry, in it if it was just 7-8. and eight. But they had to go through the playing tournament. Everyone thinking they're going to beat Memphis, right? And Memphis came out on top with Jaw having ice in his veins at the end of that game. Yeah, you probably just don't like it because you ride LeBron. So just just you like anything that LeBron likes, right? Well, LeBron, after he can't see, he can't see, man, and he he sunk that shot over Curry. Come on now. Anyway, I I am actually a big fan of the playing tournament. Just be, I think it makes the last two regular season games so much. If you want to call them regular season games, because that's what they are essentially. Yeah, I guess much more exciting to watch because I think I mean you were fired up when LeBron made that three pointer, and that's just well, a regular obviously. season game. Am I right? Obviously, I was fired up, but I was not a fan that he had to play that game. Like, he should have been in already. It's more revenue, more viewership for the Exactly. I'm sure they're not complaining about it. Yeah. And honestly, I think it wouldn't get more buzz if not for Memphis winning the last game of the play-in tournament because they weren't slated to be Mm -hmm. in the NBA playoffs until Dylan Brooks and company took care of business and beat out the dubs to make it into the playoffs. But we're going to start in the Eastern Conference with the number one seeded Philadelphia 76ers going up against the eighth seeded Washington Wizards. Philly's not getting a whole lot of respect here being the first overall seed. They aren't. And um, they do have an MVP candidate, right, in Joel Embiid. But we're going to see Joel against Westbrook again. We know that rivalry. They don't like each other. We've seen that uh, when Russ was on OKC. Um, But he turned it on in the last playing game for them against the Pacers. They didn't have to play the full game because they completely dominated. It was like a 142, 118 or something like that. It was a big spread. It was a big spread. Russ turned it on. He was getting a lot of hate for his performance against the Celtics, but what can he do? It's the Boston Celtics. So um, at the same time, though, I think Philly's just too good of a team to lose this series. Uh, I think maybe Westbrook and Beal will have a few good games where they t- like take away one or two games from the Sixers. But I don't see it going. 
Pardon? You're saying Philly in six. I'm saying Philly in six, yep. Wow. So you're yeah. not even putting respect on Philly's name. It's it's the Wizards, man. I think Westbrook's able to turn it on when he wants to turn it on. They still have Bradley Beal. They have Rui Hashimura from Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Exactly. You got to mention. But he did play good, too. So they have a lot of other key pieces, too. But I don't see Philly sweeping or um, coming away out of the series easily. I think it's Philly in five. Um, I, like you said before, Philly, or uh, Joel Embiid, part rather, has a bit of a history with uh, Russell Westbrook. If you yeah. remember, I want to say it was probably close to six years ago, if you can go that far back yeah. in time, with Joel Embiid posting that picture on his Instagram saying it was the crime scene, him dunking over Russell Westbrook. So yeah, those hostilities will be renewed come playoff time. And it'll be interesting to see defensive player of the year candidate Ben Simmons against Russell Westbrook, because I'm sure those two are very unfamiliar to each other. So if Mr. Triple Double himself, Russell Westbrook, needs to get free. It's going to be tough against arguably the best 2K player ever in Ben Simmons. So I will be saying the Philadelphia 76ers to beat the Wizards in five. The next game on the Eastern Conference side is the two-seeded Brooklyn Nets against your seven-seeded Boston Celtics. I said this to you already. I think Jason Tatum needs to drop at least 50 every game to even have a chance at winning one. Yeah, they well, he's he's either gonna have to drop fifty or Kemba's gonna have to come in and start start dropping thirty and forty two along with his fifty because it's gonna be a, an offensive game for Brooklyn, obviously. But Brad Stevens' defense, his defensive tactics are gonna have to kick in here. It w- wasn't the same defense uh, that you usually see on the Celtics this season. It wasn't great, wasn't pretty. They finished it with a five hundred record, right? They haven't done that in a very long time. Um, I obviously I'm not confident. I don't think any team would be confident going against the three-headed monster Brooklyn Nets because they're just so stacked uh, with Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, and they're all healthy, right? They took their rest days when needed. Now they can all start and play. On the bench, it's all good there in Brooklyn. Yeah, I, I'm saying obviously, if I was being biased, I'd say Celtics and seven, right? Probably but it's probably that's that. but honestly, realistically, if we just take that bias out, it's probably Brooklyn or in. I like five or six games. Um, maybe Tatum steals a game like he did against the Wizards where he dropped 50 and goes off, but he's going to have to lock in. Uh, shades of Kobe Bryant, shades of Michael Jordan in that you kid. Can compare Jason Tatum to Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Uh, yes, you can with his moves. I don't know. If, I don't, I'm just saying not, not his overall, like his accolades, but his moves and his playing style. I think a lot of people will compare him if you do a side-by-side to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. But I don't see Celtics getting out of this first round. That here. is the point exactly I'm trying to make. Jason Tatum's no. a good player, but he is not going to stand up against Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. No. And no Jalen Brown, right? So what are you going to do? Brooklyn Nets in five. Yeah. No questions about it. A bit more intriguing matchups that probably will be more competitive than the first two. The third seeded Milwaukee Bucks to play the six seeded Miami Heat. Giannis Atentacumpo. Not looking so confident going into this series, saying that it's basically the same team that they're fielding up against the same team of Miami. And you know how that ended up for them last year in the bubble in Orlando? They got bounced. Exactly. So I think the most the team under the most pressure out of this whole playoff in the 16 teams is the Milwaukee Bucks. 100%. So in there pushing at the door for a, just a finals berth for the last five seasons. Coach Bud is definitely on the hot seat if they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So there is a lot riding on this playoff run. I was going to say uh, exactly what you said. If they don't make it out, like let's say they get knocked out in the first round, 
Bud's out of there. He's fired immediately because you got to change something up and you're not getting rid of Giannis. Um, you're keeping him. He's your franchise player. So I don't know. I think it's the, it's the heat, right? Jimmy Butler, if you saw the picture of him, he's super jacked now after hit, getting hit with Almost COVID. As good as me over here, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, after getting hit with COVID, though, he was looking like Jay. And then wow. boom. <laughs> and then boom. He uh he he got jacked whoa, up whoa. again. Jay, I'm just kidding. I'm just I kidding. Know. I love you. Don't worry. Um, whoa. I gotta take a breath now. Exactly. No, but he's looking jacked. I think he's ready to lead his team. Um, but I don't see Miami actually winning the series. I would have Milwaukee in six games. I think Giannis is just gonna. I think he wants to prove everyone wrong, right? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Giannis. I know he's the nicest guy. It's only solely on the fact that my best friend Paul keeps bringing him best up friend. and talking. Oh, I, I'm ahead out best friend since childhood it's like come on man but he keeps saying that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be like the greatest player of all time I don't I'm not buying that but I think he has to win this to to gain some respect to some people because he's never made a finals or and I don't think he's ever going to win a chip but he's got to go far in this round in this uh, playoffs at least yeah I think the fire is definitely under Giannis Antetokounmpo's butt to get yeah. To the conference finals at least this season they got they had some very good additions drew holiday is a good addition so they actually actually have a point guard unlike you know eric bledsoe being you know he's not really known for scoring the ball but on the defensive side depoy depoy so they can probably have a bit more options other than Giannis and middleton to shoot yeah. the ball so i think they're poised for make a good run this year and i think they're gonna get past miami unlike last year so i will say like you said milwaukee in six this next matchup, I'm very, very excited to watch. And this yes. is probably my series to watch in the Eastern Conference. It's the four-seated New York Knickerbockers. Yes, sir. The five-seated Atlanta Hawks. New York, you know, I don't think a lot of people gave much of a shot for them to make the playoffs, let alone have a home seed in the playoffs at four. Yeah. Julius Randle took a lot of smack coming into the season. The Knicks fans were on him pretty good for the last couple of seasons since he signed with New York. He's proven management right this year up for most improved player of the year for obvious reasons. And coach Tom Thibodeau yeah. got his men in shape. Turning it around. Uh, like your front runner for MIP, right, in Julius Randle. He's just put this team on his back. Um, he does have a lot of help, though, in R.J. Barrett. Uh, Nolan's Noel there, uh, Derek Rose, right? A six man of the year candidate as well. So this team is really, it's a well put together team. Um, Atlanta on the other side, they have a lot of young talent as well. So I think, like you said, it's going to be the best series in the East for sure. Um, that's not lopsided in either way. Um, and I think I have the Knicks here. I have the Knicks winning it in six games. I think they're going to pull it out. Um, I just think that they're just going to turn it on more than Atlanta will. Unless you see a lot of Trey Young, like, we saw Trey Young in his first year or so um, where he was just putting up like amazing shots constantly. Um, I think the Knicks are going to take this one. I think so too. I think in the Knicks are going to win in seven games. Nice. Atlanta has been very, very good in the second half of the season after firing their coach Lloyd Pierce and hiring former Indiana coach Nate McMillan. They've been on a tear since hiring him as their head coach. He should be the we get the interim tag moved very, very soon after the season because they've been playing unbelievable basketball with him as their head coach. But I think New York has got a bit more, a bit more size than Atlanta and a bit more, you know, a little bit more J action on that one, you know, but, and you're talking about most improved players too. Like Julius Randall should be the front runner to win that John yeah. Collins, his name is not getting a whole lot of talk. 
was a, as a finalist for most improved player of the year. I think he should have. He's been playing very good basketball for Atlanta. He is a number two guy in Atlanta behind Trey Young, obviously. So this is going to be the two two teams of the future, I think, and a really good young talent, young core. And I think they're going to be in the playoffs for a very long time. MSG will be rocking Sunday night. No big deal. They got the primetime slot. Baby. The Western Conference has the Utah Jazz as the one seed to go up as the aforementioned now eight seed Memphis Grizzlies. Donovan Mitchell's injury is still up in the air. You know, he's probably not going to come into this series at 100%. And I think they're going to have to if they want to try to contain John Morant because Steph Curry couldn't. No, uh, Steph couldn't do it. It's not like – and you had JV, right, in the first game too where he put up like a 20-20 and 20 game. Yep. Exactly with his board. So go look out for a lot of people in Memphis. Like you said, Dylan Brooks as well. Um, but Utah, right? They're that number one seed. Uh, they're number one for a reason. They have a depoy candidate. They have Donovan Mitchell. We don't know. We still don't know. They have Joe Ingles, who's been playing great, who's a six man of the year candidate, and Jordan Clarkson, who's also a six man of the year candidate. So I think they got a lot of power on this team. They got a lot of depth on this team. I actually would say I would have the Utah Jazz winning this one in five. I think the Utah Jazz are going to win the series. I think it's going to be in six. However, I think Memphis has got a bit more defensive prowess. Jaron Jackson Jr. is back in their lineup. He's missed most of the season. He is playing, playing big minutes, played most of the playoff game. But I think it's going to be a battle of the bigs, man. It's going to be Rudy Gobert against Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah. It's going to be a prime matchup to watch. Those guys will be racking up the boards and racking up the dunks. So it's going to be a pretty good heavyweight tilt, even though it's one versus eight. The next matchup is probably the best one of the West. It's the two-seeded Phoenix Suns against the seven-seeded Los Angeles Lakers or defending NBA champions. I mean, damn. What what kind of storyline do you want to look at here? It's just the, the banana boat crew, CP3 versus LeBron. Yeah. Um, and talking about LeBron, right? I don't know if you guys heard this, but he did go to that party beforehand, um, before the you game against the Go. Pardon? Yeah, you saw the IG picks. And a lot of people are saying that, well, the league's saying he broke COVID-19 protocols, but he's not going to get suspended. And a lot of people are saying, is that kind of a double standard? Um, but at the party, actually, for everyone who's hating on LeBron doing it, you have to show actually a negative test or show your proof of vaccination. So um, I think LeBron, I think Dennis Schroeder even said that he's on the only sole player on the Lakers team who is not vaccinated. So I think LeBron James is vaccinated and he's okay. So that's why they're not as concerned. If um, it but was the playoff game, he would be suspended. Exactly, exactly. Too much um, being lost for the NBA if LeBron's not playing. Yeah, that'd be a major revenue loss. I'd not be watching any of the Laker games if LeBron is not playing. Um, but that being said, Phoenix Suns, great team. Um, but I just have the Lakers. I think the Lakers are still going to win this one. Uh, it's LeBron James, right? He has not been on a seed, what team, like fourth seed? I don't ever think he's been on like a fourth seed or like lower than that. The um, but, playoffs. Yeah, unless it was like earlier on in his career, but he's made the finals, and you know how many times he's made the playoffs. Only missed the playoffs once. Yeah, like what sixteen year career, seventeen years. Seventeen years, and it's it's LeBron. And it's seasons ago. It's it's play when he was injured. When he was injured, so it's playoff Braun. He's going to turn it on. So and he still has the help of AD, and he has all his weapons on his team as well. I say I have the Lakers winning this one in six games. I think the Lakers are winning in seven, unfortunately. I do think that the Phoenix is just going to be too young and too immature. 
right now. This is only their first playoff run, I think, since 2012, I would like to say. And that was when the core-up was Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion. So this is a whole new crew. Monty Williams, 8-0 in the bubble last year. He won the Coaches Association Coach of the Year. So very well-respected head coach this season. But I just think uh, playoff experience and defending champions exactly. on their finger just proves a bit too much for a young team in Phoenix who will definitely be back. Uh, the three seed, the Denver Nuggets, are going to play the six-seeded Portland Trail Blazers. Um, we're going to be robbed of a Jamal Murray-Damian Lillard matchup, unfortunately, due to Jamal tearing his ACL. Yeah. But the Joker, who right now, I say what you want, is definitely the front runner to be the MVP. 100%. Come on. Is, is that going to be enough to overpower Damon CJ? That's the thing. I'm going to say for this series, have your eye out for an upset alert because I don't know if the Denver Nuggets will make it out against the, like, it's not guaranteed, right? Well, nothing's guaranteed, but this one I feel like is more up in the air than most other series uh, in these playoffs. Um, It's two very competitive teams. It's going to be Dane versus, like, Jokic, who can play better, basically, who's going to carry their team uh, better. I will still have the front runner for the MVP Winning this series, I think Nikola Jokic uh, making his teammates better all around him. I think they're going to win this one in seven games. I will actually agree with you with both of them. I think that Denver will win in seven. Mm-hmm. I think Dame is going to be on, you know, Damian Lillard. He's going to be the man again as per usual. Probably drop yep. 30 points per game every for the series. Yeah. Um, but I think Jokic has got more underrated weapons. And I think for the Denver is just a deeper team. You know, Portland's got some good starters. But, I mean, they don't really have much guys coming off the bench. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. But Denver, they got, you know, a bunch of shooters. Gary Harris, uh, Will of the Thrill Barton. Michael Millsap. Jr., who's up for most improved. Yeah. So, I mean, much more deeper team in Denver. And they're third place for a reason. And that they played most of the latter half of the year without Jamal Murray. So, I mean, they know how to win without him. And just to mention this, Nikola Jokic has played every single game this season. He has not missed one. So his durability, I feel like for people who are talking, well, we'll get into it later, but I just feel like that's an important stat to keep in mind when you're thinking about MVP as well. <laughs> just gonna the say last that. series that we have not talked about yet in the West is the four-seeded rematch Clippers to go back up and play the fifth-seeded Dallas Mavericks in a rematch of the bubble last year, I believe, in the first round i think it was the first round so luca versus Kawhi, luca versus paul george whoever they want to put up against it's going to be a matchup to watch but i think they they're going to have a healthy chris steps porzingis which they did not have last year exactly so i mean a little bit more intrigue for this series rather than last year in the bubble but i mean hey i think that teron lu and the clippers again they right up there with milwaukee probably the most pressure to go far in the playoffs because they haven't gone far yet with this group they do, and I don't think it's going to be their year again because I think Dallas is going to win this series in seven games. Like you said, I was going to mention in Kristaps Porzingis coming back, uh, being healthy this year, and then Luka Magic, I think it's just going to be on a different level for these playoffs because he's going to want to prove his legacy and that he can make a run in the playoffs as well um, because a lot of people don't – well, like like you said, the Clippers kind of have that men- – kind of have that against them where they can't make a deep run, and Luka kind of has that on him, right? as of right now, only like three years into his career. Um, but that's how good he is. So I think Dallas will win this series in seven games. I'm flipping the script. I think the Clippers are going to win in six. I just think that, again, like Denver is, I think the, the Clippers have a bit 
more of a deeper team. They can have multiple people come off the bench. Usual defensive first team all defense. Pat Bev, you know, you know how it is. He's gonna be up. I would wish to see him and Luca go at it in this series. I hope that happens, but I hope that this is going to be a six game series and the Clips show are going to win. And hey, if it happens, we wait. I've been waiting for two years for this now. I want a battle of LA in the conference finals. An LA, LA. Yes. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people want that. That'd be amazing. Oh, time. Yeah. But we're going to get into the awards section of the episode here. And the first one on the list is probably the one that's talked about the most and for obvious reasons. It's the most valuable player. Yeah. And the three finalists for this award are the point guard of the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets, and Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Malcolm, this is almost a toss-up, no? I don't think so. No, I don't think it is. I think it's Nikola Jokic, clear cut. What else does a uh, center have to do to win the MVP? He, like I said, been playing every single game all season long. Um, that's what really is a big difference. Um, when you're thinking about Steph Curry sitting out a bunch of games, right? I know he was injured, but he did rest and he was injured. So he didn't get to play every single game. Jokic played every single game. He averaged 26 and a half points, um, 11, close to 11 rebounds and eight assists. So almost a triple-double he's averaging and as a big man. And I just think he can make his team around him better. And you see that because this team, like you said, was third in the conference. Um, they didn't have Jamal Murray for a little bit, and they still won their games without Jamal Murray. Uh, I, I just think it's clear-cut that it's Nikola Jokic. And I think a lot of people agree with me. I know a lot of wave riders like to think that it's huh. Steph Curry. But um, he, he did play really, really good. Like He played amazing. Like apparently like not. hall of fame type of level in the past like in the last half of that season and the last like how however many games like two months but his team is out of the playoffs and you've never had an mvp that has been lower than the fourth seed in their own conference so i don't think an mvp like he's probably the most valuable to his team yes but he's not the most valuable player in his league because he has not made his team success as successful as they could have been and that's what the oh, difference wow. for me. What do you think? I will be saying it'll be Nikola Jokic as well to win MVP. Be the first center to win MVP since Shaq Diesel with the Lakers back in the day. Yeah. One would like to say that was. But Nikola Jokic is just on another level. He can do Long it. Long time ago. He can do it in the post. He can do it on the elbow. And he can do it on the arc. He can shoot threes. He can post you up. He can facilitate. It's just it's methodical to put it just perfect, to eloquently perfect say it. It's just, he's on, he's just, he's playing basketball. They're playing ping pong. It's just. Exactly. It's Come on now. That. The defensive player of the year finalists are as follows. The Philadelphia 76ers guard slash forward. I don't know whatever you want to call him. Ben Simmons, the defending defensive player of the year award winner of the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert. And the Golden State Warriors power forward, Draymond Green. If there was an award for the biggest idiot of the 2021 season, I think he would be the front runner for it. Almost every year, I would say. Exactly that. So, Malcolm, do you? I know you don't. I don't think you're a big fan of the guy that you picked. I was gonna say. But who is your defensive player of the year? Well, I'm not a fan. I'll let me get this straight. I'm not a fan of all three of these guys. I like these are probably like the three most hated players. Mobius, the most positive man. Like, no, like a lot of people can agree with me. They don't like Ben Simmons, they don't like Draymond, and they don't like Rudy for their own reasons. Well, it's pretty easy uh, to root for Draymond Green. It's a, it's pardon? It's pretty easy not to root for Draymond Green. Yeah, that's that's obvious. Um, but for my defensive player of the year, I've got to go with the previous champ, 
Well, no, he didn't win it last year. That was Giannis. What are we talking about? He won it because Giannis won MVP in Depoy last year. We'll fact check that right now. Go ahead. Keep going. Um, but well, he did win it like a couple of other times. Um, but I think it's going to be Rudy Gobert. Um, he averaged 2.2 blocks. He averaged close to a steal per game. And we, we're going to talk about this game where he against um, he was up against Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons like, oh, I scored 42 that game when Rudy was on me. If you really look at when Rudy was guarding Ben Simmons, Simmons was like three of nine or something for something dumb for like eight of his total 42 points when Rudy was on him. So I think Rudy has the ability to shut people down. Also, if you look at um, defensive like player ratings, I was looking at this, this chart. Like you see all these charts with like, the faces on them, right? Rudy was way up and beyond. The difference between him and second place was the same difference between second place and 144th place. Rudy Gobert is just on another level defensively as much as I hate him and as much as I hate to say it, but I think he's deserving of this depoy and his team is first in the league, right? So I think you got to give it to him. So yeah, to correct myself, Rudy Gobert won the 2019 defensive player of the year. Giannis won 2020, but I will be saying it's Ben Simmons to win defensive player of the year. He can guard one through five, you know. He can, he can. You saw what it was with Steph Curry back in the day. It's just, it's not fair. Yeah. Um, I think Ben Simmons is going to win defensive player of the year. The sixth man of the year award finalist goes as follows. Two from the same team in the Utah Jazz, just Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. And the guy from the New York Knicks, who probably is going to be one of the first ever players to have MVP and sixth man of the year awards to his name, Derek Rose. So who is your sixth man of the year award winner? Mine is Jordan Clarkson, because I think he's been great for the Utah Jazz all year long, coming off the bench, getting 18 and a half points per game off the bench, uh, along with four boards and two and a half assists. I think he's been a key component to why they're so successful. Um, but also you can say that about Joe Ingles, another teammate on his team. Australian sensation. Yeah, who really turned it up, was it, like a couple weeks ago and scored just a ridiculous amount. He might almost have the nicest jump shot other than you. Other than me, yeah, I don't know. House of Highlights saw it first. Um, But yeah, I think think Jordan Clarkson's going to win this one. Uh, I just think he played an integral role as, as to why the Utah Jazz is first place in their conference, so I'm going to give it to him. I'm going with Derek Rose. You know, he's probably the most popular opinion to the casual NBA fans because, you know, here the name yeah. Derek Rose and you think of 2011 NBA MVP. Yeah. And again, I think he's one of the, like, he's, there's not much veterans on this New York Knicks team. Him and Taj Gibson are probably the father figures to a bunch of these young studs there in New York. But he brings a winning mentality, and that's not much of that in New York for the last couple of seasons. And he's definitely a good big part of why they are fourth place and making their first playoff berth in almost nine years. So I am very excited to see him against Trey Young. I think that's going to happen more often than not come Sunday at 7 p.m. No big deal. They have Sunday prime time. How are you? And I think he's, I don't, you can check the facts, but I don't think there's been an MVP and six man of the year award going to the same person. I don't think so. I can't think of it at least, but I might just be a casual. So. Oh, <laughs> Most improved player. I think this is probably the biggest lock pick of them all. The New York Julius Randle, the Detroit Pistons, Jeremy Grant, and Michael Porter Jr., formerly of the Denver Nuggets. I hate Michael Porter Jr., man. Same. Same. He thought it was more important to sit on the sideline in summer league and shoot the shit with Bull Bull rather than play basketball. Eh, It's up to you, man. But, you know, good paying people like myself want to see you play. 
So, <laughs> but the guy who I think is the lock, I'm sure you know this too, is the New York Knicks Julius Randle. Am I right? Yeah, I think it's got to be. Um, when you're looking at it, he increased from last year from like 19 and a half to 24 points. Um, he brought the like he was the leading scorer on this Knicks team um, that is currently fourth place. Not a lot of people giving them credit uh, heading into the season, like you said. Um, he was also averaging what six assists and 10 boards. So he was averaging a double double and he was passing the ball around too. He's really developed his three point, which is three point shot. If I'm looking at it here, uh, oh, what's his three point percentage? Oh, it's a nice, oh no, that's his field goal is 45%, 3.41%. So he's shooting 40 from and 40 from the from field goal and three pointer, which is ridiculous because not a lot of people can do that uh, so efficiently. And yet he has done it this year. So I think it's like you said, it's a lock for him this year, right? Yeah, 100%. I remember when they signed Julius Randle, I want to say it was a four year, $80 million contract. Yeah. No, New York Knicks fans were not happy after they missed out on Kevin Durant and Giannis. But I mean, hey, they're making they're, Julius Randle's making Knicks fans into believers after the season he had. And they got him to fourth place, and he is the best player on that New York Knicks team without a question. Yeah. Nope. The rookie of the year conversation, I think, took a total switch after a certain somebody got a broken wrist, and that was the Charlotte Hornets' guard, LaMelo Ball. Yep. Guys beside him on this panel at panel for finalists is the Sacramento Kings point guard, Tyrese Halliburton, and the Ant-Man from Minnesota, Anthony Edwards. Malcolm, who was your rookie of the year two months ago? Two months ago, it was LaMelo Ball. Hands down, it was no doubt about it. It was LaMelo Ball. Everyone's saying, oh, this is going to be a lock, right? It was a lock. Boom, injury happens. What happens? Anthony Edwards steps up his game. He starts playing a whole lot better. Um, maybe people want to say that, okay, let's say LaMelo Ball never got injured. He would have played better. But we don't really know that, right? We'll never know that because things happen and you can't tell. So you got to go based on what you see here. And based on what we see right now, as of today, I think Anthony Edwards is the rookie of the year, um, getting 19 points per game, four, four uh, rebounds and two, three assists per game. He played good uh, for the Timberwolves. A lot of people didn't. I don't think when I was talking at the beginning of the year, not a lot of people expected him to be um, quite as good as he was uh, coming into this season. A lot of people doubting him, saying, oh, he won't make that much of an impact. Uh, obviously, the Timberwolves not making the playoffs, but I don't think that was really expected of them. So I think he has had a really good impact on this team. And we'll bring in a bigger fan base if he wins this Rookie of the Year award as well. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you saying that the Ant-Man is going to be Rookie of the Year. He was probably the second best player on the Minnesota team. You know, him yeah. and James Russell missed a lot of time this year. And he was supposed to be the, the number two guy beside Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. But, the, I mean, hey, Anthony Edwards had a – you know, they want to talk about flashy plays by LaMelo Ball this year. You want to talk about a poster? Yeah, he gave it to Utah Watanabe at the trial. Yeah, real good. Just cocked that thing back and banged on him. That was disgusting. Going to be top two or three plays of the NBA season. It's going to be him dunking on him. So <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about him not having flashy plays? He can. He's got some power, man. Yeah. Whether you like to say it or not, even though he was on a bad Timberwolves team, but that's that's the reason why he was the number one overall pick is to turn this team into a winner. So I think he is the rookie of the year for sure. Yeah. The last award that we have yet to talk about is the coach of the year. And the three guys that are up for this award is from the New York Knicks, Tom Thibodeau, the Utah Jazz's Quinn Snyder, and the Coaches Association Coach of the Year right now of the Phoenix Suns, Monty Williams. And they're all great picks, right? You can't go wrong with either one of these guys, but I think it's just pretty clear that 
when you turn a whole franchise around coming into your season, I think you deserve coach of the year. And that's Thibodeau, right? Tom Thibodeau has turned this New York Knicks franchise around. He's had the help of his great players who have really improved. As we said, Julius Randle improving. Not going to mention, not going to forget to mention RJ Barrett really stepping up his game as well this year. I think that's due to Thibodeau really coaching them well, having a good rotation this season, um, giving everybody looks. I think that's why the Knicks are so successful because they're able to play as a team and Tom Thibodeau has made them made them play as a team with the plays that he's drawing up. So I think he deserves coach of the year. I think so too. I mean, they don't really have a cold cut superstar. Like you want to say with Utah, or Phoenix. Yeah. You look at Utah and Phoenix, Utah's got Gobert and Mitchell. Yeah. Like Phoenix has got Booker and CP three who are probably, or CP three is going to be a Hall of Famer. No doubt. All said and done. But you look at the New York Knicks, like Julius Randle is going to be most improved player of the year. That's about it. Tom Thibodeau. RJ Barrett, no sophomore slump. He's pulling up together. He's almost got 18 points per game. He's playing very well. Very yeah. good shooting three from the corners. Derek Rose is going to be sixth man of the year. He's up there for the finalists for that award. Emmanuel quickly has had a very great season. Very good year. Missed Mitchell Robinson for most of the season. And they're yeah. fourth place in the East. I, I'm surprised. I forgot about that. I think with Mitchell Robinson, they, w- they could have been way better with Mitchell Robinson. Um, and the fact that they still turned it on and finished fourth in their conference without that guy who led the league um, in the best, in the best field goal percentage. Um, I, that's just crazy. And Tebido is a big reason why that's happened. Or well, I just hope that Tibbs doesn't run his players to the ground like he did with Derek Rose in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> for a later start date to talk about, which we'll probably have down the road if Tibbs is still in the Mecca of MSG. So Malcolm, that will do it here for the for NBA uh season end of season awards in the first round of the playoffs they should be going underway right now let's go next can't wait to see that happen your Celtics suck they're gonna be out in four games so we'll get you soon very quickly here on pure finesse so until next episode it's jacob and Cole.